Amen. Acts chapter 9. Our text for tonight, as we deal with the subject, evidence of true conversion, is the verse 20. <coughs> and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues not just one synagogue but in the synagogues that he is the son of God and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God the Saul of Tarsus journeyed towards Damascus on this mission a mission to arrest any Christian that he may find there <coughs> and as he journeyed we're told suddenly there shined right about him a light from heaven the light that he saw that day was the glory of the Son of God. We read in verse 5, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the bricks. So bright was the light of the glory of Christ. The soul was blinded. And verse 9, he was three days without sight. It was only after that Ananias was sent to him. And he laid his hands on Saul that his sight was restored. Verse 18. And suddenly he could see again. But he saw things very differently. Yes, we're told there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. Scales fell from his eyes. In that instant, scales fell from his eyes physically. But scales fell from his eyes in the same instant, spiritually. He now had a spiritual sight and vision that he never had before. He could say with the man who was born blind and Christ gave him his sight, one thing I know, he said, one thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. Paul could say that. One thing I know. I was blind for three days. Physically. Now I see. But all my life prior to the meeting with Christ. I was blind. Spiritually. But now I see. Saul now had as it were 20-20 vision. 
as far as spiritual matters are concerned and the evidence of that is clear to be seen following that momentous event there on the Damascus road and what a soul stirring study it is to behold the signs of true conversion in the life of Saul of Tarsus it is indeed an interesting study signs of true conversion in the life of Saul of Tarsus it prompts us to again quote Paul's own words when he spoke to the believers in Corinth for Paul said if any man be in Christ he is a new creature we pointed out before the word creature means creation he's a new creation all things are passed away and behold all things are become new so it was with Saul of Tarsus if those words were true of any man were certainly true of Paul all things all things were passed away and behold all things became new that was his own personal testimony so let us see what happened when the scales fell from off his eyes let us consider the signs of true conversion in the life of this man first of all let us consider the change in Paul's life the change in Paul's life we remind ourselves why Paul was on his way to Damascus we've only look at verse 1 of Acts 9 and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went on to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way <coughs> whether they were men or women he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem that's why he was on his way to Damascus He was breathing out slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. So the chain in Paul's life, first of all, involved the disciples of the Lord. Before entering the city of Damascus, the disciples of the Lord were evidently hated. by Saul of Tarsus he turned over to Acts 22 here he's giving his testimony and Acts 22 and verse 4 <coughs> Paul says and I persecuted this way unto the death unto the death we said a few weeks ago 
that he was a terrorist <coughs> well here we have words that prove that confirm that and I persecuted this way unto the death binding and delivering into prison both men and women as also the high priest doth bear me witness and all the estate of the elders from whom also I received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished that was his business on his way to Damascus breathing out slaughter against the disciples of the Lord and he had planned to arrest them any that he found in Damascus whether men or women bring them to Jerusalem to punish them in the terrible what hatred will lead a man to do Nevertheless, Paul was hated the disciples of the Lord before his conversion a hatred that is seen against Christians of course in many parts of the world today we think particularly it's in the news in Afghanistan and I see missionaries were arrested and imprisoned in Haiti as well <coughs> a hatred for Christians that is seen throughout the world <coughs> well it was certainly seen in the life of Saul of Tarsus <coughs> and suddenly he met the Lord on the road to Damascus and suddenly there was a change in his life that those whom he had loathed now he loved evidence of conversion evidence of true conversion the people he loathed before now he loved as we read there in verse 19 and when he had received me he was strengthened then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus he was now with the disciples those that he had the intention of going and arresting and binding them bringing them back to Jerusalem and imprisoning them <coughs> what a wonderful change in this man's life just as the apostle John has told us 1 John 3 verse 14 we know that we have passed from death unto life <coughs> because we love the brethren we know that we have passed from death unto life <coughs> because we love the brethren and they just like any man or woman who has experienced the new birth 
their company changes. Saul's company changed from seeking letters from the priests and authorities to arrest believers. He was now in the company of believers. <coughs> now in the company of disciples. Whenever a man or a woman is saved, their company changes as well. No longer running around with drinking, blaspheming, worldly friends. For they have nothing in common with them anymore. Nothing in common anymore. They want now to be in the company of God's people. Those who love the Lord. <coughs> and that was one of the changes in the life of Paul. He's now with the disciples. He joined himself to the disciples. Those same disciples he was intending of arresting and punishing. As well as the disciples. We notice the declaration. His declaration. And I love the record. <coughs> of the change in Paul's life. Found there in verse 20. And straightway. He preached Christ in the synagogues. That he is the son of God. Paul didn't believe that before his conversion. That he is the Son of God. He preached Christ and he preached the deity of Christ. He didn't believe that before. But straightway he preached Christ. He's now a new creature in Christ Jesus. And the very place he was going to with the intention of arresting those who were followers of Christ he goes to those very same synagogues and he preached Christ unto them there is evidence of the new birth there is evidence of true conversion he entered the synagogues completely different man he now went there to preach Christ not to persecute Christ is not what the Lord said he was doing? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Because he was persecuting the believers who are the body of Christ. Why persecutest thou me? The Lord said. And Paul was going to the synagogues to persecute believers, to persecute Christ. And lo and behold, because he was converted, he was a changed man, he was a different man, and he went there to preach Christ not persecute Christ he went there to preach Christ <clears throat> and just as Paul began he began as he meant to go on for we read in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23 that we preach Christ and him crucified and that's what every preacher should be declared he should be preaching Christ don't you love reading the epistles of Paul why because all of the epistles of Paul are all about the Lord Jesus Christ 
read through every one of his epistles and he's always speaking about Christ reminded of the words of Dr. DeWitt Talmadge a great preacher of the word of a, day of a day gone by in the city of New York and quite a number of his sermon books and I have in my Bible a quote from Dr. DeWitt Talmadge he said <coughs> Christ is the A to Z of the Christian ministry Christ is the A to Z of the Christian ministry a sermon that has no Christ is a dead failure the minister who devotes his pulpit to anything but Christ is an imposter whatever great themes we may discuss Christ must be the beginning and Christ must be the end I love that quote I love those words of Dr. Talmadge so how we need more Pauls to be raised up to preach Christ and that's what Paul did straightway after his conversion evidence he was truly a converted man bless the Lord we noted his disciples <coughs> notice his declaration he preached Christ we notice also the disbelief when Paul entered the synagogues and preached Christ that he is the son of God the people couldn't believe what they were hearing they couldn't believe what they were hearing verse 21 and all that heard him were amused and said is not this he that destroyed them destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent in other words to do the same in Damascus that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests and all that heard him <coughs> were amazed they were filled with disbelief they couldn't believe again what they were hearing it sure our dear saviour caused people to be amazed no matter where he went through the things that he did through the lives that he changed when people saw what Christ did in the lives of others people were amazed take the man who was sick of the palsy the Lord raised him up and they were all amazed at what Christ had done for that man he couldn't walk he was paralyzed he was carried to that house let down through the roof by his four friends 
And the Lord told them to rise up, take up your bed and walk. As an old lay preacher back in Ulster said, when he came to Christ, he had his head on the bed. But when after he met Christ, he went out with his bed on his head. <laughs> and that's a good way of putting it. He had his bed on his head. And when people saw him walk out with his bed on his head, they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. They were amazed. They couldn't believe what they saw. Neither could the people in the synagogues believe what they saw and what they heard. They were amazed. And then when the Lord delivered the man from his from a devil, an unclean spirit, we read in Luke 4, verse 36, and they were all amazed. There's it again. They were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they come out. <coughs> They'd never seen anything like it. The man with an unclean spirit, and the Lord delivered him from the clutches of the unclean spirit. The people who saw it were abused. When they saw the man sick of the palsy raised up and able to walk out of the house, they were amazed. And when the people in the synagogue saw Paul, this man, Saul of Tarsus, knew what he was before and knew why he was in Damascus. And they saw him and heard him preach Christ that he is the Son of God. <coughs> they were amazed. That's what Christ can do. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. So it was with Saul of Tarsus. And you know something? He's still causing people to be amazed by what he's doing in the lives of men and women today. as well as the change in Paul's life we notice the counsel against Paul's life the counsel against Paul's life you see Satan had suffered a great loss a heavy blow if you like when the Lord saved Saul of Tarsus because Saul was no longer doing the devil's work persecuting the church persecuting the disciples of the Lord and he wasted no time in showing his displeasure <coughs> look at verse 23 and after that many days were fulfilled the Jews took counsel to kill him and verse 24 but their laying a wait was known of Saul and they watched the gates day and night what to do? to kill him the man <coughs> had been converted a relatively short time before 
And once he started to preach Christ, the devil's crowd got mad. He'd been working for them before. But preaching Christ meant he was working against them now. And preaching Christ, that Christ is the Son of God. And they took counsel to kill him. To kill him. Sin will stop at nothing. To silence the man who preaches Christ, who declares the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, Satan hates that. And the man who seeks to preach Christ as Paul did, and live a holy life as Paul did, Satan will do all in his power to stop him. Paul said to Timothy, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. All who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Second Timothy 3 and 12. And the Lord told his disciples what they can expect in the last days. The Lord told his disciples, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Because you're a follower of me, the Lord said, because you're my disciples, you'll be hated of all nations. And because he would live such a life of being out and out for the Savior, Paul suffered then for the cause of Christ. <coughs> That's what the, the Lord told Ananias. Not interested. The Lord told Ananias that Paul is a chosen vessel unto me. And I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Great things. Paul lived the life that was all Christ evidence of true conversion what did he say in Philippians 1.21 for to me to live is Christ to die is gain for to me to live is Christ in other words he would say Christ is my life he is my life so as Paul lived for Christ and preach Christ he disturbed the forces of evil and they were out to kill him we see the danger <coughs> we notice the determination 
the determination. We have read there in verses 23 and 24, the Jews were certainly determined to kill Paul. You know what do we read? They took counsel to kill him. Then, the verse 24 says, but their lying awake was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. That shows you <coughs> their determination. They were prepared to lose sleep in an attempt to get the hold of Paul and put him to death. They watched the gates of the city what day and night didn't even go to bed. They were so determined to get their hands at Paul. Just as the Jews showed the same determination to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 22 verse 2 And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him. Do you notice something there? When a person's up to no good they'll get plenty of help. They'll get plenty of help because we read and the chief priests and scribes saw how they might kill him and again John 7 verse 1 after these things Jesus walked in Galilee for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought what to do to kill him and here we see regarding Paul they watched the gates day and night as I said they were prepared to lose, to lose sleep in order that they might get a hold of Paul and put him to death. <coughs> in 2 Corinthians in chapter 11 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 32 in Damascus the governor under Aretas the king kept the city of Damascusians with a garrison desirous to apprehend me to apprehend me the king it went right up to the very top seat of authority and Paul says they were out to apprehend me What's the gifts day and night? Amazing. But then that was the evidence that Saul of Tarsus was truly converted. <coughs> because they hated Paul, because he preached Christ, that he is the Son of God. We've noticed the danger, the determination. Then we notice the deliverance. The deliverance. The Jews in Damascus would not be successful 
in their plot to kill Paul they would not be successful it would be impossible for them to do so in light of what the Lord told Ananias look carefully again at the verse 16 <coughs> the Lord said for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake but sure he hadn't suffered any great things that would come later during his life he had suffered very little at that point in time when the Jews took counsel to kill him and watched the gates day and night he basically hadn't suffered at all yet the Lord says I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake in other words the Lord was saying he'll suffer for my name's sake throughout his life but as far as the Jews in Damascus watching the gate day and night they could not and would not arrest him and would not kill him why because the Lord had other work for him to do and as a result of that work he would then suffer great things you go going to read 2 Corinthians 11 and read about all that Paul suffered and so there was absolutely no way the Jews would be able to kill Paul that night there in Damascus the Lord still had a work for him to do and as a result he would suffer many things that's what this shows us what does this show it shows us that Paul's life was controlled by the Lord so it didn't matter what those Jews planned to do against Paul they couldn't succeed they could not succeed because the Lord had more work for them to do we read in Job chapter 14 Job 14 listen verse 5 seeing his days are determined the number of his months are with thee thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass the Lord has determined the days of his people the number of his months are with the Lord the Lord has appointed his bounds that he cannot pass and as far as, jo as Saul of Tarsus was concerned there was nothing the Jews could do with Paul they wouldn't kill him why? because the Lord had more work for him to do which would result in persecution and suffering many things but he wasn't suffering at this point in time that would be all down the road as it were 
But then the case tells and tells us his life was in the hand of God. Remember Dr. Beasley used to say <coughs> a man's life is immortal until his work for God is done. That's a good statement. A man's life is immortal until his work for God is done. So for Paul the Lord provided a way of escape whenever the Jews took counsel to kill him and watched the gates day and night. Verse 25 Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in the basket. There's something interesting there. In the words of verse 25 The disciples of the Lord Remember, the disciples had gone to Damascus to arrest, to bind, bring to Jerusalem, and prison, and punish. Now what do we read? So the disciples of the Lord helped him escape. As he later said, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 33, and through a window in a basket was I let down by a wall, by the wall, and escaped. But the point is this. The point we want to note is this. The disciples helped him. The disciples helped him and assisted him in his escape. Well, isn't that the way it ought to be? Isn't that the way it ought to be among God's people, among God's children, to help one another in times of trouble? Well, that's what happened there in Damascus. They helped Paul, the very man who had threatened them. Now they help him. He's now a member of the family of God. And those who helped him were now his brothers. Just as Ananias, when he greeted Saul, he said, Brother Saul. And here the disciples helped Paul. In his hour of need. And certainly Paul would have appreciated their help. Just as he wrote, to the Galatians Galatians 6 and verse 2 he exhorted the believers there bear ye one another's burdens bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ in other words help one another bear one another's burdens help them to carry their cross help them out in their time of need bear you one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ that is the law of Christ that's what Christ wants us to do and that's what happened in Damascus the very men that Saul hated and the very men he wanted to previously arrest they were the very men who helped him 
escape. Helping one another so where it should be. So we have considered the counsel against Paul's life. Or sorry, the, the change in Paul's life, the counsel against Paul's life, and finding the companion in Paul's life. For one companion is mentioned here. Paul now returned to Jerusalem when he previously persecuted the church. It's no surprise that he was not very welcome. Look at verse 26. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he said to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. We're told he said to go to join himself to the disciples. The word there said means he kept trying. He didn't try once, he tried many times. Again, his company has changed. He wants to be in different company now to the company he had before. He has said, or he tried a number of times to join with the disciples, but they were afraid. So regarding the companion in Paul's life, we notice first of all the fear. The fear of the disciples. This shows the reputation he had in Jerusalem. Notice the words. He has said to join himself to the disciples. He tried and he tried and he tried again. They didn't want him. As Paul kept trying, the disciples in Jerusalem kept turning him away because of Saul's behavior. When he was last in Jerusalem, Paul said in Galatians 6 and verse 7, For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And by was not true in Saul's life. He sowed persecution. He sowed hatred against God's people. And now he's reaping. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The seed of hatred and malice he had sowed when he was previously in Jerusalem, died, he's reaping the fruit. He's reaping the harvest. Initially, anyway. So among the disciples, there in the city, there was a fear of him. They believed not that he was a disciple. They cast him out. But as well as a fear, we see next there was a friend and when you read verse 26 it's nice then to read verse 27 for verse 26 when Saul was come to Jerusalem 
he is said to join himself to the disciples but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple but Barabbas took him I love those words nobody else would take him but we read but Barabbas took him we're familiar with the old proverb a friend indeed is a friend indeed when Paul returned to Jerusalem he didn't have many friends but he found a friend in Barabbas but Barabbas took him he was a true friend and a true brother indeed reminds us of Proverbs 17 verse 17 <coughs> a friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity but Barabbas lived out those words a friend loveth at all times he showed a love for Paul and a brother is born for adversity and Barabbas was a brother to Paul we studied Barabbas a couple of months ago and it made me really really sad in the study when Paul and Barabbas went their different ways it was a sad ending but here we see how that friendship began a friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity indeed he was a Christ like man this Barabbas and we read again in, Hebrew, in Proverbs 18 verse 24 a man that hath friends a man that hath friends must show himself friendly and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother and that friend of course is Christ and he's the brother born for adversity and he's the friend that loveth at all times and he is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother so when you look at Barabbas you look at a man who was Christ like and we look at Paul or Saul of Tarsus and we see evidence over and over again of a, a converted man the evidence of true conversion may the Lord bless the word to our hearts let's bow in prayer Oh, our dear Lord, to thank thee for the study of thy word. Lord, what a great book this is. And we know, Lord, what we have considered tonight, as it very only touches the surface. Make us already students of the word.
were men that need not be ashamed. Lord, bless the word to our hearts tonight. Do, Lord, hide it in our hearts. Help us to live as Paul lived after his conversion. Help us, Lord, to be Barabbas' as well. That, O oh Lord, we might live godly lives and be Christ-like. So, Lord, be with us now as we leave the house of God. Grant us all traveling mercy. Keep thy good hand upon us throughout this week. Remember the Reverend McKee, bring him here in safety on Friday. And may he come as a man full of the Holy Ghost. Bless the meetings to the glory of thy name. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen.